Uno, dos, We are on the phone today with our very special guest for our Shelby Podcast two-year anniversary. You may remember Domingo Sam the Sham Samudio for his Billboard 1965 Song of the Year, Wooly Bully. But today we're going to talk to him about his background and some of the important ministry work that he's been doing over the past several years. Sam and I worked together in Christian Radio back in the mid-80s. Sam, it's great to talk to you again. Could you start off by briefly telling us about your growing up years and how you got interested in music? Oh, shucks. That's back when dinosaurs were walking. <laughs> no, we uh, lived in the country. We didn't have a radio. My brother was in high school at the time, and so we didn't even have lights. And this is not a pull me story, but we entertained ourselves. My mother would sing, and that's what we did. We had oil lamps on the country, what is now West Dallas. Such people that lived there as well and are buried there were Bonnie and Clyde. But that's what we did. They'd sing, and we'd sing. It was as far back as I can remember. And what was your family life back? Well, my father had not gone to school. As a matter of fact, there was my father and my older brother, my sister and my mother. And my father had worked as a farmhand, but that was in 1940, so times were pretty tough back then. I did three and a half years in the Navy, but I went in when I was 17, right out of high school. Shucks, if I'd had Velcro back then, I'd have been dangerous because <laughs> I kept losing my airman stripes. I was a naval air reconnaissance. So how did you end up forming the band Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs, and how did you come up with that name? I'd already gotten out of the military, and I'd come home, and it was maybe around 62, 3, when the Ten Commandments were out. We thought the Pharaohs looked pretty cool cool. So we were all pharaohs. We just named it the pharaohs. The original pharaohs were Omar, big man, we called him. Vincent Lopez, who was younger, he was about 16 and on probation. They'd released him to us. He's from a single parent family. And Carl Metke, who was from Richardson, Texas, and Russell Fowler. We didn't have a bass, so it was three guitars that tuned one down real low, and I didn't play an instrument. I just shammed. Later on, they would call me sham, but I entertained and fronted the band. I know that you had some top ten hits back in the 1960s, including Wooly Bully and Little Red Riding Hood. What were those years like for you? What do you remember about those years? Well, it was a long fight with a short stick. I started out with a long stick. It wasn't easy, but it was an impossible. A lot of people used to ask me, well, did you think you were going to make it? Well, of course. I don't know how other people think, but shucks, if you're not in it for the duration, forget it. And we did it on a clear head. I mean, believe it or not, we weren't the la creme de la creme society, but we took our music serious. No drinking, no smoking. We had been around that, but I always said if you can't do it on a clear head, you're really not doing it. We played in some serious areas. As a matter of fact, right now I'm in a town where we left here to go to uh, Memphis to get a gold record. The bass player, David Martin, and I had made a pact. He said we could be making thousands, and I said, what's it take? He says, one gold record. And I said, let's go get one. And we shook on it. When was the first time that you realized that you had really made it big? Well, I, I remember we were uh, on the Ed Sullivan show. We were backstage, and there was a dance team of warriors from the Fiji Islanders, and they were going to do uh, war dances and chants or something. And backstage, through an interpreter, they asked, 
what we were there to do. And we told them through the interpreter, we're going to sing Wooly Bully. It's our record. And when we said that, there were about 50 of them in this troop. And one of them said, Wooly Bully, Wooly Bully, Wooly Bully, Wooly. It just went through the whole team. And I felt like I was in a Tarzan movie. <laughs> I turned and I said to David Martin, who's now deceased, I said, well, David, looks like we made it. And it started on a handshake here on Highway 171 in Leesville, Louisiana. Commitment to do something. So when and why did you decide to turn your life over to Christ? Well, shucks, my plan wasn't working too hot. <laughs> go up to the top of the mountain, go right over the mountain and wind up in a ditch. And I was ignorant. I wasn't stupid. We were just ignorant about business and the things that can happen after we did it. You know, you kind of think, is that all there is to it? And leave wounded friends and people and family on the side of the road of your life. And then you run out of bonds, you run out of friends, you run out of health, you run out of time, and you just need a break. But after all of that, I was in Hollywood, and I was on the floor thinking, and I thought, Lord, let me up. And I didn't even know I was being scriptural. There's a scripture that says, your hand is heavy upon me. And David always used to say, let me up, man, let me up. When I was on the floor and I asked, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go and do whatever you want me to do. Just don't let any of the things that I've done just fall on my family. And he said, no problem. He says, I'm going to send you back the way you came, but you're going to be working for me. The Bible says when we become Christians, we're a new creature. How did your relationship with Christ change your life? Well, here's what I tell folks say, well, old Sam got religion. No, old Sam didn't get religion. I tried religion. It about wore me out. God don't care how long your hair is, how loud you shout, how high you jump. It's how we walk when we land. I tell folks, I don't follow him because I'm good. I'm following because I didn't like what I used to be. I'm a work in progress. And I just heard the scripture, follow me as I follow Christ. But better still, follow him for yourself. He can handle you. I mean, I tried cleaning myself up. It wasn't an outside job that I needed. I needed an inside job. And yes, I stumble, and sometimes I feel like laying hands on folks without prayer. And yeah, I have to ask forgiveness three and four times a day. Sometimes I like to just soul in my old bitterness, but just like old Jonah, man, I want to see him tear up somebody, but that's not his plan. If he had done that to me, I'd probably be in a bad fix in the deep six. James 2.20 says that faith without works is dead, and I know that you're involved in Christian ministry work, Sam. Can you tell us about some of the work that you've been doing over the past several years? I'll tell it, but I'll tell it to the glory of the Lord, because the scripture, it says, let another man's lips praise you and not your own. I like sinners. I keep company with sinners. God loves sinners. He loves them so much he gave his son to take their rap. Uh, the true gospel, you know, a lot of people hold it in their hand on Sunday. I tried to get it in my feet. I like to get it, pump it through my heart. I was in a prison one time, and somebody was ragging this guy who was carrying my amp in. And this guy was just nagging him and nagging him. Finally, someone got the nagger over to the side. He says, I'd lighten up on that brother a little bit. He's saved, but he ain't that saved. <laughs> He's liable to go off. There's a saying in some of the places I've been, says, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Do you ever hear from any of the people that you witnessed to in prison? I hardly ever mention that I do all this other stuff. I was feeling weary and wondering, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I really don't know I'm feeling bad and all of this. And is it even working? 
out of the blue, somebody called me from Columbia in the middle of the night. This brother called me by my name, and he, I recognized his voice. He says, this is so-and-so. I'm in Columbia. I says, brother, what are you doing? He said, now we're going to have a Christian television station this year's after, and God just knows how to lift you up. If somebody is listening and they might want to learn more about some of that ministry work that you were talking about, what advice would you give to them? First of all, you pray. Pray. Where do you want me to go? And he'll lead you. Don't do a hamburger drive-through. Give me an order of French fried blessings and give me some living bread on both sides. And can you make that meat a little rare? No, just show up. Pray up. God will show up and show out. And he's got a place for you. And it might be with that brother that you can't stand to see every Sunday morning over there. Do you ever perform these days, or do you speak in public? I'll go and do those songs. That's where God sends me. It's not for everybody. And then I've been to some concerts. You know, there's a lot of ego and all of that in the business. And not always, but a lot of people say, man, y'all just don't know what we go through. Well, they can't say that to me. Been there and done that. Didn't get the tattoo, but boy, I sure felt like somebody was kneeling. <laughs> I'm still doing rock and roll. Got my feet on the rock, and I'm trying to keep my name on the road. Well, Sam, it sure was good to talk to you again. Good to catch up on what you're doing now. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up this interview today? Well, don't panic. Right now, everybody's running scared like chicken little. Oh, the sky's falling. It ain't going to fall until God says let it fall. All these hard times, hey, don't panic. Don't run in a cactus patch or a minefield. Be still and know that I am God. This will be the finest hour for the church. I'm not talking about the church side of the building. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Sam Samudio is one of the most sincere Christians that I've ever met, and I just wanted to personally thank him for taking the time to share his incredible spiritual journey with us today. Also, congratulations are in order for having his song, Wooly Bully, inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame back in February of this year. We'll miss our next show where we will be talking with Lon Chandler about what's new on the Shelby B5.9 Summer Upgrade. Before we go, here is our inspirational quote for the day. Sam wanted me to share his two favorite verses, Psalm 27.13 and Philippians 4.13. I would have despaired unless I had believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You've been listening to Shelby Podcast with your host, Don Alsop. Shelby Podcast is a copyrighted production of Shelby Systems Media and can be heard online at shelbyinc.com slash podcast or you can download the program, copy it to your iPod or MP3 player and listen at your convenience. Shelby Podcast is also available on iTunes. Make sure you click the RSS link so that you get each new show automatically. Thanks for listening and tune in next time for another Shelby Podcast.